Football without the fans is nothing. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 19th of April. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushin Hantaraja. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't had much sleep last night. Yeah. Is that weird? No, I was. I felt exactly the same. I just sat online for quite a long time, reading all sorts of people's thoughts and discussions about the European, the Super League, the European Super League, whatever the hell we're supposed to call it or not call it. And I just felt sad. Yeah. Yeah, same, same. It, it was quite fitting that something like that should creep up in the dead of night, though. Mm. Well... I think that's a pretty crucial point, actually, Vish. Let's just get, let's just fucking get into it, shall we? Because um, so <laughs> on a Sunday as well, of all days, <laughs> so, <laughs> don't just rest, people. You know, you, I already, I still get that school anxiety whenever <laughs> oh, I hear fucking songs of praise. But you work on the weekend, <laughs> mate. Woe, you right? work in. Football. I know, and it still happens, yeah, it's, and it's, it's got even worse ingrained. now. It's like nearly the start of term. Or Imagine something. refreshing someone's page who works for, oh, I don't know, my paper, for example, and then. Not wanting to see I don't, I, it's, yeah, Sunday Instagram, great, great for that. Look, watching people have fun, people in beer gardens, love all that. Yeah, bit of sunshine, pretty photos of wine glasses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe looking what an ex is up to. Who knows? We all use it differently, <laughs> and then to yeah, to have to pour through all that. On a doom scroll, but to, yeah. but a necessary doom scroll. Imagine that. Especially so, when you know as well that like you want more and more news, so you can understand it more. But you know it's all going to be bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, you're thinking, is there going to be a way that this could not happen, and then something will come out? It's like, oh no, they've they're talking about you know preemptive legal action to stop <laughs> yeah. any attempts to stop it. No, they've thought of that. So guys, These it started. This all started to trickle out. You could start getting your hit of this by sort of mid afternoon yesterday, Sunday afternoon. Um, the Times, Martin Ziegler and Tarek Panja in the New York Times out there first on this one. And it was that 12 of Europe's leading, quote unquote, we'll come on to that. Uh, oh, we will. Oh, we will. Yes. Football clubs have today have come together. The idea was that they were going to form this breakaway league. Of course, it's been discussed a number of times um, in the past and there's been talk that these conversations were ongoing, but it started to come out that this was indeed going to happen. And then a statement was expected at 9.30pm. Like you, I was sitting around wondering when it was going to turn up. I was actually doing a bit of a radio thing at about quarter past 11 when when it did come out, the statement and the statement said, 12 of Europe's leading football clubs have today come together. It's the finality of the statement that hurts quite a lot, isn't it? To announce to announce that they have agreed to establish a new midweek competition, the Super League, governed by its founding clubs, capitalised like the founding members of, uh, I guess, the United States of America. And yeah. in, on that point and on the point about the, the timing, it feels as though... Yes, it was partly as a result of the fact that, you know, you bury bad news perhaps late at night, but also 11.15 in Europe, in Britain, is a quite unreasonable time to be releasing a statement. 6.15 in Boston, where the Fenway Sports Group is headquartered, not such an unusual time to be yes. releasing a statement. And it just really felt as though, um, you know, we of course have a lot of American listeners and I don't think they're here because this is a bit like the NBA, the Premier League. It felt like this is something that has been inflicted on the game that we love from above and from people who are dissociated from the game at its core. Yeah, completely. I mean, the fact is that some of those clubs 
including our clubs, Kate, in particular, let's be completely honest. Mm. They're there One on our clubs, yeah. they're, they're there on brand recognition rather than sporting <laughs> merit. And like the idea of sporting merit has just been, you know, exercised for, from 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 the idea of this competition. It's it is all about the strength of those brands and it is it ultimately it has the same format as, as an exhibition league because it, it, you know if there's no promotion no relegation like where is the where's the jeopardy you know what what is it that makes it it's elite because you say it's elite <laughs> you know it's it's you know it's such an affront to the the champions league really and, and the history of the european cup and and all the brilliant moments that has, that that's thrown up and and that has made football what it is and has made it made you feel it you know, you feel it when you watch it. It's particularly if you support a club who are involved in the in the you know the higher ends of competitions or you're in the top leagues. You know, you you have a really interesting relationship with that club because their success feels like your success in some way as well. And if that's just if that becomes this, you know, twenty versions of the Harlem Globetrotters playing each other in the middle of the week at the expense of the Champions League, in which you have to actually qualify on merit mm. through sporting merit rather than marketing merit, then it's it just everyone loses. Everything suffers. Mm. Some people will be sitting there thinking, OK, you know, this is something that has succeeded in the States. Um, some of the leagues look a lot more like that, where there isn't promotion and relegation. What's the, what's the big fuss about? Um, I think for me, what feels unpleasant is that, you know, we've had 13 months of no fans and this has been ferreting away in the background completely to prove... That, that homegrown fans are not relevant to the to the sport. I mean, they haven't been relevant for a while, though, have they? I mean, and, and I think um, I, I was wondering yesterday if the the pandemic and the fact that we have we're coming up to a year without fans, barring you know a, a couple of bits in the middle, and then obviously the FA Cup game had just gone on Sunday, and I wondered if they pulled the cord on an idea that has been bubbling away for a while. I think we mentioned this with Project Restart that. It's the kind of thing that's never really going to go away. And I think yeah. that's the one thing that, you know, the, the concept has always been used as a threat. The European Super League, you know, since Florentino Perez um, brought it up in, I think, 2009, it's always been, it's never been floated as a remedy to any of football football's ills. It's always <laughs> been as something that they'll get up, the big teams will get up and leave. And it was, you know, it's brought up, you know, bear in mind there is a Champions League legislation that's going to be ratified today. It's come out the, on the eve of that. Yeah. Well, um, we don't know now, do we? That's been thrown into doubt. Because well, yeah, they exactly. Yeah. And, and it may, but it may have the desired effect where some of it is going to be written, perhaps something behind the scenes where you might get a cut if you've got, you know, I suppose history in the Champions League in the last 10 years, which I suppose would include Spurs and Arsenal in that. Um, and, and of course, you know, Manchester United and, and Chelsea as well and Liverpool. Um, but the... <laughs> I always think about this when uh, when I was a kid and like my parents would say like threaten me to like get me to do stuff or whatever. And the fundamental thing about a threat is that you're fearful of it because you know it'll work and you know that the person who is engaging in that threat is willing to carry out and has the capacity to carry it out. And the thing that really worried me yesterday is that we've never been this far along before. The fact that clubs are willing to put their names to it as well. The gutlessness of Manchester City and Manchester United not even tweeting it out from their own accounts mm. is a completely different thing altogether. But still, you know, they've signed it. Joel Glazer, who is not even given, a, you know, a club media interview, is happily putting his name to this kind of stuff. It is, um, yeah, shameful. And, you know, as a Manchester United fan, they probably, I mean, they don't really care about match-going fans anyway. They don't really care about 
non-match-going fans in the UK. It's not really about them. It's not about us, and it never has been. And now that they've shown their hand, even if this main, remains as an idea, bear in mind there are a couple of um, things within that, such as the fact that they said it's going to start next, ideally at the start of next season, but they yeah, have... August 2021. Yeah, but, they, but, they, but they've also said, you know, as, as, as soon as possible as well, so they can hide behind that language if they need to. Mm. But um, yeah, the fact that they've, they've put their names to it and that they're happy with being seen to have pushed this idea in the first place is quite dire. I don't, I like the fact that they don't even care yeah. is um, astonishing, really. And it's so... In- Oh, sorry. The money is there as well, isn't it? Already, we've seen there's, there's six billion. Yeah, uh, no worries about it. the money, so lads. Like, JP Morgan's coming exactly, in. Yeah, so. <laughs> JP Morgan, who were going to get into bed with the Glazers for the initial takeover of Manchester United. And Edward then, Wood used to work for them. Yes, Edward used to work for them. And then also, um, they came on to help them with something to do with the Singapore Stock Exchange as well. So, um, yeah, they've. Money's an ephemeral concept, Jim. Well, I mean, but. Money talks, doesn't it? And it's saying, we are going to do this whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, we don't mind. I think the, the, it's important to remember as well that the people making these decisions, they, they are looking at balance sheets. And to them, a fan is really a customer. Also, the, the money that clubs take in stadiums is not insignificant, but it's, you know, it's no longer the main bulk of how clubs make their revenues, is it? So as long as you're watching the games and you've got your eyeballs on it, you are you're propping up what makes them that money and therefore you count as a customer. And are the three of us going to stop watching our clubs? Of course we're not. Like, so it's, we are, we are, you, you can't really help but be complicit in it. I mean, I have no interest in this as a, as a competition really, mm. but there will come a time where our teams are all in there and you, it just, that's just a fact. You're not going to, you know, no one loves the Carabao Cup. Right? No one's particularly <laughs> passionate Let's about it. Let's wait till the weekend. Let's say, at, the, at the start <laughs> of a season. No one's like, oh, I can't wait to see the League Cup this season. But, you know, you don't go. Oh, you know what? I'm not bothered about that. I'm, I'm just not going to watch it. It's your club. You know, you you invested in their journey, and they they they've they've got us there. They've got us, and they can do what they want, and they are doing what they want. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? For a lot of people, the Premier League when it came out in 1992 was a line in the sand yeah. for fans. Mm. Um, not many, but 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 some. Um, this feels like it will be a bigger line in the sand. But then again, it will be a line in the sand for match-going fans, and it. It doesn't really matter how, how there are so many waiting lists on season tickets. There, there's a reason that clubs decide to have accounts in different languages because they want to infiltrate certain other markets as well. Look at Manchester United and all their you know ridiculous um, partner, you know, partner, yeah. partner partnerships they strike up. Yeah, I mean it's it, the the one thing I I can't really get my head around is the fact that it's they've made no kind of effort. To sugarcoat any of it, <laughs> no. Even down to like the the basic box ticking exercises of that statement yesterday, where they cited the pandemic, they tried to claim that it was for the betterment of the wider game. When those clubs as individuals have never really given a shit about the wider game, they Even, made some cursory reference to a women's competition. I mean, uh, yeah, be coming it, along exactly, in the future. yeah. Where there, you know, no mention of like Leon, who've won the Champions League for the last six years, Wolfsburg. Um, Liverpool seemingly no one get they spent more money on fireworks than they did on their women's team and yeah okay go straight up to the, the European <laughs> Super League yeah that, I mean that's absurd um, yeah and the fact is that we we should probably say that this this is money against money fighting yes. right now yeah this is the Premier League have been victims of are victims of this, but they've created this monster by waving through people like the Glazers, people like, you know, or, you know, waving through state-owned um, clubs as well and, and pretending that 
there was a fit and proper test that would ensure that mm. essentially stuff like this wouldn't happen primarily. I know there was a lot of human rights things that they decided to, you know, um, turn the other way about, but fundamentally they wanted to look after their own and to certainly look after their own product. And they've managed to create a monster that they're now, yeah. we'll have to see to. I, I honestly can't see anywhere where they don't see to them because they can't afford to lose these six Premier League clubs. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and the Premier League has effectively become too big, isn't it? And, you know, clubs throughout Europe Oh, you mean wanting... in terms of competing against... So, Andre Agnelli has, of course, been so instrumental in the process of this. And Juventus, you know, we joke about what's a big club, but you look at the results from the weekend. Of course, the mighty Arsenal 1-1 one, yeah. one with Fulham, another brilliant performance between one member of the European elite and some other small club. Um, but, you, you know, you catch the drift. It's interesting also having Juventus here in terms of Manchester United, which has so long been synonymous with this idea of globalisation. And, and you mentioned it, you know, doing this sort of semi-ridiculous things and being d- dissociated from its heartland. And I, I don't know, I perhaps still naively felt as though our club's gym were... Yeah, maybe it was just maybe it was just a vanity for me. I felt like there was still some connection to the local community. <sighs> to, to me, I've... Stan Kroenke is, course, um, yeah. is a, an, a huge issue in terms of, uh, it, you know... Um, the, the corporatization and, and global corporatization of, of Arsenal, and he's a, a big factor in this. Apparently, he's like heavily involved behind the scenes, which is disappointing, but not surprising to me at all. Because he, you know, I mean, he's he's moved clubs, he's he's moved his his teams in America but to in different the states. States to that more is money. more normal, isn't it? Is it? More you know, normal. the Utah Jazz, the but famous Jazz of they, Utah. I love to listen to fa- it. <laughs> those fans, those fans of, of the, the cities they were originally in, don't feel like that. You know, they hated that, and obviously he of can't do that did. here. But what yeah. he has found a way to do is move the league. So it's it 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 doesn't surprise me. I feel really disappointed in it and really disillusioned by it. Actually, to be honest, I feel slightly ashamed of Arsenal at the moment. I'm sure a lot of the, the other fans of the, of the big six teams feel the same. Um, and I, it, I'm starting to wonder, like, where are FIFA on it? But then, if you if you step back a little bit, I mean, did you see their FIFA statement? Mind? Pretty neutral. <laughs> yeah, did you see their statement? They were yeah. like, we we will um, object to any closed league, and technically, this isn't a closed league yeah, five because five teams can qualify. Get into it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I mean, what? where do we see this playing out? Because the obvious, the, the, the chance, as you say, the domestic leagues need these teams in it. So if it comes to a power struggle, they will have to back down, but we'll probably find a way that looks less humbling. Um, the Champions League is what's really under threat because they're trying to do it at the same time with a lot of the same teams, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens there? Because, I mean, the, they have said, the founders of the Super League have said, we do not seek to replace the UEFA's Champions League or the Europa League, but to compete with and exist alongside those tournaments. I mean, I mean they're just, that's that just bullshit. They're not, you know, like with all of these statements, it'll been, it's been lawyered, it's been put into a context where they can argue whether genuinely, that's not the opposite of disingenuously, but you know what I mean, whether they can ingenuously or not say, uh, this is our intentions were good, we're just trying to do things for the betterment of football. I, I don't yeah. think we should seek, I, I would say, we, I don't think we should seek to find logic within the process of this because, as you know, we've spoken about already, this is two kind of moneyed elites fighting against yeah. each other and trying to work out who, who will, I think, blink first in terms of the the process of what is supposed to be happening the idea is that these 12 clubs will feature um six from england and i don't know how that again you know we've already carried a bit of the burden of our own clubs but Mm. but it's it's interesting that in terms of them being integrated into this european elite the pride or whatever the product of the premier league how it has irretrievably broken by this 
I mean, look at what those clubs have, six Premier League clubs, like say that, six Premier League clubs. It's astonishing, really. And the fact that over the last year, you know, they've taken money from the government to stay afloat. They have made members of staff redundant. They've convinced players to take a wage cut <laughs> by promising them that people won't be made redundant and gone back on that. Yeah, it's utterly shameful. On the other side, though, Daniel Levy's played a blinder, hasn't he? <laughs> Absolute blinder. European Super Spurs, European Super yeah. League. Knocked out by a team whose manager was in jail, European Super League. Yeah. <laughs> it feel, it feels Seventh like... in the league, mate. You're ninth. Yeah. Look, this is a ludicrous competition. I'm not entering. I mean, sorry, this competition that we're having at this table, whereas as opposed to the Super League. But, but I do like, I mean, if I suppose like if we didn't laugh at it, we'd be... Pretty upset. Yeah. UEFA yeah. says that every club and player participating in the Super League could be banned from all UEFA and FIFA competitions, European or international level so the question of course is and we haven't seen I should say probably you know obviously this is a podcast so it's recorded and then it's put out so if you're listening to it things will have changed I'm sure yeah. in between that would solve, solve the right back conundrum wouldn't it yeah <laughs> take about six of them off the table we'll have six left <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it's all part of Gareth yeah. Southgate's genius plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, none, as, as far as we know so far, players haven't come out. But I'm, I'm in speaking for or imagining what the conversations are. Presumably it's not believable to England players like Harry Kane that this, this would actually result in any kind of impact. Imagine, yeah. like, with all due respect to this, and I appreciate this is, like, very serious, I would feel genuinely quite riled if Harry Kane or any other England player would come out and openly object to this when so many of them were staying quiet over the chat about what football should do with regards to racism. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I see exactly what you're saying. I was thinking the other day, I reckon one matter would be someone who would come out and, and maybe voice it. But I'd, I'd be, f I mean, it would, even even yesterday, seeing some of the reaction yesterday, how people were, were up in arms about it, like it was the the death of the game itself. It, it isn't really. It's just a continuation of what we've seen over the last yeah. 10, 20 years of where football was going anyway. You know, Arsene Wenger predicted this 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, be very interesting to see how, um, what, well, I suppose, what makes people talk and step out of line. People have said the same thing about the Qatar World Cup as well, haven't they? When people yeah. started to protest about that, it was, yeah. it was you know, what, what have you done up till now? I, I agree with you and it is interesting, but equally... I, you know, you, you can't. This is a great kind of problem of of um, I don't know the left wing to be to some degree is this idea of you know what you do and what you don't do. You have to take a stand at some point, and yeah, of yeah, course, racism is where you should stand. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say taking a stand against this is bad, but I think it is something that will be noted, and and I think should be noted, and and it's not necessarily to say that like. Because because he's doing this, he's anti that by not saying anything. Yes. But I do. But I do think like maybe that is a great example of why this is going to work because it is about money mm. and because because it's the kind of money that people step out of line for. Do you think so? I mean, I think I, so. Yeah. But also, let's. So I, I like to think of myself as someone who tries to look at all of the sides. I appreciate that we haven't really covered the pro European Super League side on this podcast very much yet. But I'm sure we'll come on to that in future episodes of the Football Ramble. Stay. Tuned. We, we could have a we could have a new show, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> Shelve on the or no, we could run alongside on the continent on the gravy train. <laughs> yeah, we'll the, set up another studio in the studio. Yes, and we'll do them at the same time. A meta studio. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, and I've said this to Luke a number of times before, like. 
not all change is bad. You know, there may be elements from conversations like this. Things, it's good to see things shaken up, blah, 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 probably. Um, But equally, you know, when you're sitting there looking at this and talking about the 400 million dollars that each of the founder members would get for participating and and upwards of and yeah. then there was three point oh yeah so that's the divided 3.5 billion is the total 400 million is what it divides into which is four times as much as the winner of the champions league final got <sighs> which then also i mean it, that's going to have a trickle down effect on the domestic leagues because that top six probably very quickly would become the top six every season again because they've got such <laughs> well, a leg perfect. up from that. Well, a perfect so, scenario. I mean, why would you want any other different situation to arise? How, <laughs> how funny would it be if they didn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that would be amazing. If it was just too much football and they were all yeah. knackered, it didn't matter how much money you threw at that. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to have them complaining on a Saturday. But, well, you know, we, we, were playing in, uh, we were playing in the European Super League on Thursday. Yeah. Well, you did start that, though, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> the... Um, the other like the 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 thing about money is, is interesting because um I reckon one of the main ways they might sweeten it is by saying to the Premier League in particular, look, obviously like the six of us playing in it, we'll get you a cut of something. That might be a way of smoothing it over. Maybe. Well Swiss, they're the um, stronger ones with the stronger brands. Well, exactly, it's, yeah. it's a marketing six ex- of them. It's a marketing exercise. Football is a marketing exercise. Yeah. You can sell all your shirts in, you know, well, I mean, that's the great thing that we love about the Premier League, isn't it? Fuck's sake, is that you can go to Borneo or Adelaide or wherever the hell you happen to be and you'll get Lovely a taxi. Lovely shout for Adelaide. And yeah. you can you get Borneo an and Adelaide. Yeah. That's, that's my dream for 2021 <laughs> holidays. Um, you know, and you get in a taxi and someone will tell you he's a Manchester City fan or like, oh, he beat your club at some point. And you're like, that is brilliant. I mean, yeah. But I, that is also why they can do this, this because it's a marketing though, yeah exercise football is a marketing exercise and yeah it's clearly it's not football it's not a gate it's not a sport no it's well it, it does feel like that doesn't it it's a bit more exhibition than sport and clearly the people you know behind this these deals they don't they're not even really pretending to care about the integrity of sport and competition they are looking at what how can the most money be made well, it's content isn't global it? it's audience, just content it, yeah i mean and it's unique isn't it like yeah. other than cinema really there's the nothing you that you can compete happen. with. That's yeah. the point about football. True, but it? also in in that you know something that connects everyone around the globe is quite a rare thing. It's just those major forms of entertainment. It's just effectively trying to compete with movies and music now. Um, and that is what people are seeing. They're looking at like, they're looking at balance sheets rather than pitches, and that's what they're seeing. And it's it's just like wearing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, at Swiss Ramble tweeted yesterday that um, you know the twelve clubs that have signed up to the European Super League in the 2019-20 season, they lost a combined 1.2 billion. Mm. And that's where only the last few months were were um, COVID affected. And also yeah. that number doesn't include Liverpool's accounts, which haven't been published yet. And I mean, Barcelona's debt is a, is a billion. Astonishing. Billion. Yeah. I mean, that... They're fighting, I mean, facing crisis after crisis, Barcelona. It's simple maths, but it's, it's worth thinking about how much more money than a million a billion is. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a thousand million. You got yourself a thousand million pounds in debt. It's like, they're probably looking at this going, well, I don't see how else we get out of this debt. So Yeah, yeah. And, in, and look at Inter Milan as well. Yeah. Emergency funding. Uh, how long ago is that? A couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, no, no, very recent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, when you put it like that, you're like, oh, I could make sense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. Mean, but, but it does. I mean, don't see it? what that's, else you're going to do. That's what, like, you know, I mentioned it earlier on, but the year, this COVID year, this year without fans has shown them 
how they can get it back and they're chasing their losses and mm. this is the best thing they've come up with. Also, the timing as well is convenient because, you know, we, no we, can, we can be and, angry. Yeah. Gary Neville can can say his piece and, and do it very passionately and very well. But ultimately, there's no one in the stadiums to criticise this. Um, everyone's fatigued anyway for so, so many different reasons. You know, at some point between now and then, we'll all come out of the lockdown and there'll be a bit of a euphoria which based on that, which means this will probably be forgotten and fade into the background a bit. And it's all very deliberate really cynical I think yeah I feel exactly the same Jim and I feel like I feel this incredible frustration inside me right now that we've sat here and we've talked it through over 25 minutes and we could each of us you know I know there's a hell of a lot of more angles that we could come at this from there's so many more uh, things and frustrations that we have generally with football but that are just being really bubbling to the surface with this and I think the main one for me is just that it feels so <laughs> Hilarious to say, cynical, but yeah, it feels so cynical to think of all of these people having looked and watched the Premier League and been watching these games of football as their lifeblood throughout the course of this mm. pandemic and just being treated with just a sense of utter just derision. Um, we don't care about you, which we knew, but it just yeah. seems like the ultimate demonstration of that. So, yeah, sorry, guys. Let's take a break. Hold on, please, Gary. Oh, <laughs> spooky. It's like he knows. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. We have some breaking news, but we're going to get to that in a moment. Yes, breaking news on a podcast. You heard it here first. But before all that is the Betway Forward to Score update for you. Let's see how we got on. Entry to Betway's Forward to Score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected managers for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. The first game was Chelsea against Manchester City, European elite. Saturday's 5.30, Marcus picked Mason Mounts. The result was Hakim Ziyech. Game two, drumroll please. Sadly overshadowed by some very small <laughs> football news. It was Wolves against Sheffield United. Jim picked William Jose, who hadn't yet scored for the club. It was Jim. William Joseph. Logic was sound. Football is the winner. Jim <laughs> is the winner. <laughs> Game three was Arsenal against Fulham. Alexander Mitrovic was Pete's pick from the shower. The result was Josh Major and Manchester United. Burnley, Bruno Fernandes was who Luke went with. It was Mason Greenwood. We'll be back with another round of Betway's Fool to Score on the preview show this Friday. Breaking news on the Football Ramble. Let's go to our correspondent, Fish. Ah, why? <laughs> so much There's today. There's so much to do. <laughs> why are they doing this today? <laughs> Jason Mourinho has been sacked as the Tottenham manager in the in the last 30 seconds or something like that, guys. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, what fascinates me about this is I'm, I can't believe they haven't given him the Carabao Cup final because of his like I'm Jose Mourinho, I'll win a trophy wherever I go thing. Do you not think not that's amazing? Do you not well, think that's absolutely amazing? I think from Daniel Levy. I'm not, I'm not about to praise him today. I'm afraid, but Daniel, thanks for this. Um, no, I, he, it's hilarious the fact that he every single time he comes into a club, he can say he's won the treble yeah, with your boys. He's done him. this, and it's almost like he. It's almost like it was spiteful. Yeah, but he Mourinho will die out on that for ages, though, won't he? 
Like, what? you know, how he talks about finishing second with, with Man United was like a massive thing and he always refers back to that. This will become Shit, another one of do you think that's what he's going to say? Oh, finishing finishing seventh. Cup, no, like... finishing seventh with Tottenham is the equivalent of finishing second <laughs> with, with, oh God, with Manchester United. Well, he's, he's going to say that he got them into the European Super League, didn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he did do he that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't take that away from the lad. So I do, I do think it's quite funny that, um, you know, even Mourinho's in, impenetrable um, record of winning things even that couldn't help do you mind no not at all in <laughs> fact I'm quite enjoying it F- football as we know it is is falling apart yeah. the unrelegatable from the Premier League Sam Allardyce is about to be relegated from the yeah. Premier League Mourinho the couldn't win serial winner Jose Mourinho is not being allowed to win yeah he f- he took Tottenham for 14th in the Premier League let's not fin- forget to finish 6th last season yeah. that's a big achievement securing Europa League qualification Ah, oh, bless! You mentioned the Europa League. Yeah, I don't obviously give a shit. But how do, how do feel, <laughs> genuinely, how do you feel about it, Kate? Are you sort of like—I know you're just reacting to it now—but are you like, are you relieved to see the back well, of Mourinho I've, because of how toxic he makes things, or are you frustrated? That I never wanted to do in the first place, right. Jim. I've been trying to be diplomatic for the last like however long it's been. I, I, Jose Mourinho is toxic. He, he was a good manager. He, you know, he's done some extraordinary things in in Europe with Chelsea. Obviously, you can never take that away from him. Neither would I try. Uh, well, we but... don't know now. Maybe that will start happening. <laughs> what as part of the yeah, new system? You can't have your old medals. <laughs> yeah, but I just, you know, for me, the watershed was the the situation with Eva Canero at Chelsea. I think that exposed the kind of person manager, I guess, if you like, uh, Jose Mourinho is when he came into Tottenham. What are you supposed to do? You support your club. Yeah, of you, course. you can't. There's no. I'm not. I mean, well, obviously questions asked today, but you, you can't just say, all right, I don't like the manager, thus the project is done for me. Yeah, of course. Who does that? So you have to go. And also, I tend to be an optim- a semi-optimistic person. Even as semi-optimistic. <laughs> Again, I appreciate the first half of this show may have suggested otherwise, but I, I have, you know, with Tottenham, I always try and hope that there's, there's going to be better around the corner. I always try, I, you know, for all Daniel Levy's faults, he has achieved a lot with uh, the club. I love the stadium. I'm not about to give you, especially not today, a kind of lyrical analysis of all the things I love about Spurs, but I love that club. And I don't think, you know, the players and everything that they've done for Tottenham in terms of getting us to that Champions League final, giving us giving us memories. Okay, yes, no silverware before you make some hilarious jibe, but like they have created something that I will never forget, particularly over the last few years. And so Jose Mourinho t- can't take that away. But when you look at him and you see how he's behaved over many, many years and the kind of indicative pieces of behaviour that he's exhibited that's not someone I want in my dining room that's we've got quite a big insight there into Kate Mason the best friend haven't we yeah absolutely you know someone will get a a new partner and Kate will just hope that they're the right person and then they break up and like, I, told, <laughs> yeah. I, t- I knew he was rotten from the yeah. start I, I knew he was him. rotten he was never good for you yeah. no you, I wouldn't he was it. never welcome in, welcome in my dining room <laughs> for some reason <laughs> he didn't get the good I knew he was bad news I knew he was bad news <laughs> no because you never can do that with breakups unless they're like really firm you can't say that about anybody after they've broken up you have to just oh you're not your doing counsel. it right oh mate yeah. no you can't because what happens if they get back together again I just don't think these fuckers are getting back together again no I don't think so I'd be so spurs if you did get back together oh my again, god are we getting yeah. back together again wonder who comes next I mean is it Ryan Mason and, and Chris Powell are taking charge for the rest of the season oh brilliant I hadn't seen that Chris I mean we're literally sitting here in a room obviously yes. <laughs> Chris Powell great yeah. that's really exciting I don't, um, Ryan Mason is what till the end of the season Okay, so he's going to lead us to 
Carabao Cup glory on Saturday. Potentially. Sunday. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Ooh, well, that would, be, that would be one game, one cup, wouldn't it? That sounds like I'm referencing something <laughs> I don't want to. There. But um, but that that would be his record. I mean, I that would be... <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is some kind of European Super League type trope. <laughs> Two teams, one cup. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it, that's basically what they're going for. Kind of content, really outlandish content. So, yeah, maybe this is the first step towards that. But who knows? Maybe. Get, who get knows the Masons in. We can fall. If anyone's got good genealogy links, I want to find out if I'm anywhere related to Ryan Mason. So, yeah, write in. Show at footballramble.com, but more seriously, write in and tell us how you're feeling about the, the the Super League? I feel annoyed having to call it the Super League. It's mm. annoying. It's like this, you know, the aforementioned ex of your friend who's a twat having to call him like the most eligible man in the world or whatever. <laughs> is this is that the kind of company you keep? <laughs> Does everyone you know have a title? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean that this league that's been created has been called Super, also, so we have to keep saying it's Super. Well, well, on that, like I know we kind of joked about um, about Spurs' place in this, but I wonder, and like you know, I, I flippantly said that Levy has played a blinder here, but I do wonder if if you look through the moves Spurs have made over the last three years, and you can maybe pin them on the the stadium move as a whole, but Jose Mourinho is part of the reason that they have this status that has given them essentially this route into that European Super League to a point where he, you know, beyond the stadium, beyond getting in the bed with the NFL for um, hosting them ga- some games there and they were going to do a lot more and there was talk about maybe being the hub of the London franchise as well to having an Amazon documentary and then to having a guy who is just, as much as it pains me to say, he's, he's box office, mm. he... We pay attention. We watch his press conferences. Press, com- oh, you know, I've been in press conferences. They're dull as shit. But we watch his. Yeah. Mm. And I wonder if this, you know, Mourinho has played his part almost unwittingly here by lifting Spurs up to a point where they have become so relevant that they're not only, you know, in keeping this kind of company and are privy to these kind of conversations, but also like he's been made a bit of a mug off here. Yeah. The statement says have been relieved of his of their duties including his coaching staff um, and the the rumour that is already going around Twitter is that Jose Mourinho took a stand against the European Super so I think that tweet is from a fake account yeah um, but I wouldn't be surprised all accounts are fake on Twitter these days Vish good shout um, but, but I think he um, I wouldn't be surprised if he positioned himself in that yes. way yeah, yeah. I mean he'll have to climb back on it later won't he, if he wants to manage a club in, in that in that league, although maybe those days are over for him, but I'd be surprised if he closed himself off to that. I don't know. We'll see. Well, the only club I thought about that he would potentially go to next would be PSG. Yeah. Really? But I don't think he wants Pochettino's seconds again. Yeah, exactly. He won't. And, if you're and PSG, they... well, oh, I suppose they really are into that sort of yeah grandeur thing. I remember when Mourinho came to be in sports when I was working out there and he came through to do a bit of punditry. Because you can just, pay, you know, obviously if you just pay someone enough money they'll come out and be a pundit yeah. for you for a bit and why, uh, do you, why do you think we're here <laughs> <laughs> okay we need to talk about our fees um, <laughs> uh, yeah he came through and it was all like every single dignitary who was in the local in the vicinity was sort of lining up to be a part of this flock of people that yeah. was coming into the studio with Jose Mourinho and he's shaking everybody's hands and it was very much like a 
a reflected glory experience it felt like for the people well, he, around he's a brand isn't he he is mm. a one-man brand and that is that that is just so typical of modern football and you're interested in where he goes next i'm already interested in it. he's just people like that you know luke once described him as one of the most charismatic people to be involved in the history of football and he's absolutely right there are very few people that you that have that sort of magnetism so yeah i mean it, the, the reflected status that he would have brought spurs would have actually been very welcome in terms of sort of you know leveraging their position into this I'm exhausted. Do we do we just stop there, or do we say some stuff about everything that actually happened at the weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah, people played football, didn't yeah, they? they? Did yeah. I don't it's... know. Does that count, or is that not what we do anymore? I don't know. This season's probably going to get scrubbed from the record soon, isn't it? So I guess uh, we, we might as well enjoy it while we can. Yeah. Look, fair enough. Um, let's. Oh my goodness! I actually did just get a head rush. <laughs> 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 let's look into uh, the leads we, we want to talk about a thing called promotion and relegation which is something that used to happen um, in football until until 2021 and, and it just happened this very weekend for both Sheffield United who went down and Norwich who came up props to Norwich they're yeah. good now yay Daniel Farker's back uh, I mean back that's the huge news they solved all of them I think yeah they solved every topic they were very good on the topics and they came top so well the well thing done. they have done in all seriousness is they've been defending so previously a lot of their wins were you know four threes and this kind of wild stuff like you'd see with Leeds United yeah. but but it seems as though that's something that they've worked on 18 clean sheets for Tim Krul this season yeah, I mean, uh, it's a different kettle of fish in, in the Premier League, isn't it, as we know? But it'd be interesting to see how they, what they've learned, basically, from, from, from the last jaunt. Um, be, be easier now, though. Top six going to Yeah, straight going in. Away. I what? Oh, I see. So yeah. they finished mid-table. Be laughing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of an extension. Of, well, it feels weird talking about it now, but, um, you know, a lot of the reason that um, Farker didn't get sacked when Norwich were in the Premier League last season when they were struggling was because they took a view that they were ahead of schedule, that he was the right man, that a lot of their players were going to stick around because they enjoyed the football they were playing and they believed in, you know, in his idea and in his philosophies and stuff like that. And they did some smart things when they got promoted. They um, signed uh, Emi Buendia to a four-year contract before the start of their Premier League season and he's been a revelation. I'm, I'm amazed they've managed to keep him. It's amazing. But presumably it's because of that contract and the fact that the required money to get him out of it would, was was too great and, and good on them because they're going to have him next season as well. Um, and yeah, it, it's... It, they weren't thinking short term No, when a lot of teams who are in a much better situation after uh, have been thinking short term. You almost forget it's an option for teams to genuinely think long term. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was such a, you know, I remember I spoke to a mate, I think I've said this on the Ramble before, I spoke to a mate of mine who was working at Norwich at the time and I was like, oh, do you think he's in any trouble? He's like, well, he's just bought a new house. Yeah. So from the, from the top down, there was an understanding. There was like, I know it's not, not going great, but we do want you to stay. And at no point was he second guessing the owners or were they second guessing him or mm. doubting him for an instance. So, yeah, it's worked out really well for them, and, and I'm pleased for them because obviously, you know, they've they've walked the league to have, you know, achieved promotion halfway through April is is remarkable, really. Yeah, um, three other teams have done it as early as that from from the championship, and yeah, planning for the long term is something that I think Norwich fans are actually quite proud of in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Even though there's this this absurd situation and the idea of being a yo-yo club, I think the idea of living within their means is something that's become quite important um, to the fans. And congratulations. To those guys, welcome back. They take the place of Sheffield United, who, blimey. Yeah. 
That one nil win against one uh, win. That one nil defeat to Wolves was really yeah. quite quite archetypal of their season. Felt like William Jose with a goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can yeah. have that. <laughs> Let's bring you a bit of joy. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, and it, you know, you look at you look at Norwich as a perfect example to compare them to. And you think actually, would Sheffield United have been have been wise to hold on to Chris Wilder? Like, would, would there potentially have been the energy to sort of to, to do it all again and try and get them back up? After, Seems like, like the bust up was too great. You though, think from behind the scenes? I also, yeah. I suppose as well, like you know, having such a brilliant season last season to such a disastrous one this year is yeah. is such an extreme that maybe maybe the damage from from that is irreparable irreparable but I mean it has it's been such a shame for them and it seems so cruel as well that in this in this of all seasons without without fans that mm. the success they they had they didn't get to see the end of it they didn't get to share the end end of that that labor and now it's all just disappeared and and and, and just is but a memory now yeah. um you know for them more than anyone the difference you know before and after lockdown is is, is stark it's yeah huge yeah. Even for their form at the end of last season, yeah. you know, they were flying off the back of, you know, those fans at Bramall Lane as well and, and playing a really engaging style of football. I know it, it feels like it, it was an age ago, I suppose, because of, you know, what's taken place, but they were a really exciting team to watch. Yeah. yeah. Although, and, weirdly, it feels like yesterday that Norwich were relegated. I don't know. Yeah. What's yeah. time doing? Time's gone what, weird. Yeah. 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 Someone signed David McGoldrick. I wouldn't if David McGoldrick could play in the European you Super League. You care so much. Him. You should just put your hand in your pocket. All right, Rio. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually channeling Richard Keith. Um, yeah, and that goal—the goal that relegated them—was such a uh, kind of metaphor. Who scored that? <laughs> I don't know, Jim. It was William Jose. Wasn't right. It? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was such a metaphor for their kind yeah. of for their season because it came off an end of Stevens attempt on goal yeah. that was blocked and then sent back the other end. So they were trying. They were still trying to to get something out of the game. I was. I have to say, part of my thinking with that pick was how can William most not score? <laughs> I feel like this is that way. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Um, bad luck, uh, Sheffield United. Good win for Wolves, if anyone's yes. if anyone's counting. Might as well get all of the plot points in. They've got European Super League written all over them, haven't they? Yeah, no, they haven't. They've just acquired their players in a, in a normal way, from normal means. Normal being buying the entire Portugal national team. You're just getting and into bed dressing with... like them in some <laughs> I love that. Getting in bed with super agents. Yeah. <laughs> I love It's the future. It's... Strong brand. They're called Wolves. You know, that's cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool, actually. Animals and stuff are important. Um, it really feels strange sitting in here with you, like we're in a moment in time. It's quite hard to make the same generalisations and kind of the same gags even yeah, well, about the league. Because we don't know what league. football is going to look like from next season. Yeah. It's, it's, we, we actually have no idea what the schedule will be. Like, I mean, this transition period of, of, of where this league goes... Like, will they do it all at once? Will, they, will we have the Premier League, the European Super League and the Champions League all at once? Like, because that's what they're claiming. And that, how, how does that work? Where does that fit? This uncertainty is so strange. Never it, experienced anything like it in football, because no, obviously no one has. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing will be, considering that the Premier League, a lot of the Premier League clubs make a lot of their money through the broadcast deal, mm. I wonder what the knock-on effect for this is. Even for like, even just the cursory mention of the women's game there, mm. Considering they've just had like this landmark TV deal, presumably that's, you know, the BBC and Sky are looking at that and thinking, actually, this isn't what we sign up for. If we're not going to get the, you know, the full gamut of them, then yeah. we're not really going to, you know, 
they signed a three-year deal for a reason because they thought they were on a good thing and that they could, you know, up Develop it, it, you know, and and push it, you know, sell it for more money further on. But this this totally scuppers any of that thinking now. And you almost think, well, shit, you should have gone for a six-year deal. Obviously, they didn't see this coming, but... Does it smack you to you of not being thought through this uh, Super League situation or is it just that marketing... Because there's a website, you can check it out. It's like thesuperleague.com or something like that. I know, but that's the, so much of that is clip art, basically, yeah. isn't it? It looks <laughs> yeah. a mess. Yeah, yeah, true. But does does that smack, Does it seem like they were triggered into coming out early to you and they haven't really thought it through or is it just that like marketing is kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, I thought about that yesterday because the the you know even things like Miguel Delaney, my my um your boy, colleague, my boy, my boy Meek, our boy as well actually. Yeah, he's the OTC boy. Um, but he he was pointing out that like even the font and the logo <laughs> totally tin pot. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose they don't need to worry about that because it's not really about the optics of any of it. It's about the product, and that is going to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Has really. anyone considered the optics? Of this? <laughs> More specifically, coming out on FA Cup weekend, which we're not, which we're not really going to get to, guys. The outcome is that Chelsea and Leicester will play each other in the final. I was actually going to go in for if if Luke had been here today, I was going to go in for for Southampton because I feel bad that he's been <laughs> he's going to pick on those little guys. They were quite disappointing, though. They weren't were. They? they looks like they didn't really try that hard. It's almost like they're, they're minimal kind of yeah. requirement. It's almost winning. like they knew that they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Is that where you think the knowledge was? I reckon so. They, I mean, like, I, no, I'm, I'm being stupid here, but like, I, I was, I was, I was genuinely quite disappointed with how they, yeah, how they performed. I, I feel like they, they must be waking up today. I mean, there's so much shit going on anyway. Yeah. But be really rueful of not giving a better display because yeah. for the last couple of months, I've really, really fallen away. Yeah. The lack of urgency was really surprising, yeah. wasn't it? But I'm, I'm delighted for Leicester to get into a cup final though, and like, obviously, I, it'd be great to see them win it to sort of crown this this period, this kind of post-champions period where they've also been really successful. To, mm. to have a tangible piece of silverware at the end of that would be fitting, I think. But obviously Thomas Tuchel's friend in the way and he's uh, a mad, scary nerd. So... Um, I don't find him scary. Do you really find him scary? A little bit, yeah. Just the intensity I guess I like him. nerds, don't I? I guess so, I don't know. But... Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for City, the quadruple, the quadruple is over. I don't know why. Yeah. Why does? Why would that come yeah, out in that voice? Is, yeah. But anyway, it is over. Um, and in they, a way, it's still on because of the European Super League. <laughs> yeah, again, so it's fine. Qualified them for that. Another big performance for Pep Guardiola's side. But ultimately, Chelsea beat them one nil. Good effort, Chelsea. Um, congrats to everybody for making the FA Cup. Uh, finals, sorry we didn't really get to it. If you are in the mood for a bit more Football Ramble action, then we've got a brand new episode of Ramble Meets over on Football Ramble Presents. Mark Pugach sat down with Jermaine Genus to reflect on how his England career ended abruptly under Fabio Capello and to ask him about the current state of some of his former clubs, including Jose Mourinho. That'll be interesting <laughs> in the context. Listen and subscribe if you would over on Football Ramble Presents. Right, we're going to go home now. How's everyone feeling? I don't want to go home. I feel flustered. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just go for a walk on my own, head down. Yeah. Maybe in the middle of the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't do that, Vish. It's all right. We're going to be back. Well, tomorrow it's going to be Marcus, Pete and Andy. So they're going to probably do the more considered, thoughtful reaction to all of everything that's been going yeah. on but and, and Pete will be there too oh yeah he's gonna come in um but yeah everybody I hope I hope you're all doing all right at home I don't feel 
too bad about it, <laughs> even though we've sat here and told you that we feel um, utterly miserable. Ultimately, there's always going to be football in some shape or form. And, you know, if it really gets too far from what you love, then you can always watch your local team. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Late in our own tweets today, by the way, you know. We're in the market for fans. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll see you there. Say goodbye, Jim. Bye. Bye, Vish. Bye. Catch you next time. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.